waste nothing, even our tears. If we can take even our emotions that bring tears and use them, use them. We got to use our emotions, not waste them. Hey there, and welcome to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for your life and mission. I am Aaron Santemeyer, and I will be your host. Each episode, I will be having transparent conversations with people who care about you and desire for you to be healthy, resilient, and confident in your life and as you pursue your mission. I know that one of the biggest roadblocks to health, resilience, and confidence is lack of clarity. I believe that the transparent conversations we will be having and the life stories we will be hearing will be invaluable for both you and I. Today on episode two, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Sam Farina. If you do not know Sam, Sam is a believer. When Sam walks into the room, he brings belief into the room. When Sam walks into a room, he brings joy. When Sam walks into a room, he brings encouragement. He lights up the room. You'll hear him as we go through the podcast. I think sometimes he believes in me more than I believe in myself. Sam's going to help us look and see about our emotions, how God created our emotions, and then help us process that when we're in a situation, maybe on a team where there's conflict, or maybe it's just in a home where there's conflict, or just each and every day of our life. What can we do with our emotions to realize God created them, and God created them for our good? So Sam's going to give us some keys. When I listen to podcasts, I want to know what can I take from this podcast that I can apply today. And Sam gives us several keys. As I took notes, as I interviewed him and had the conversation, it's going to be valuable for you. These are unscripted. These are transparent conversations. And Sam's going to um, share a little bit of the challenges that he's been going through and how God is using those in the places he's at now, using his emotions for his good and for the good of others. So I think you want to take notes today and there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome to Clarity Podcast. We're here with Sam. So excited to have this conversation with him and interview him and discuss our growth area on building teams, um, creating an atmosphere where together we fulfill our vision. I just want to welcome Sam and we're excited. Sam, how are you doing today? (laughs) I am well and it is good to see you. Always excited. You, your wife and your kids always bring joy to my heart when I'm around you. Well, Sam, you know how to make a good boy from West Virginia feel good about himself. We feel the same. Put a smile on our face. And we are thankful for you, Sam, that your investment in Heather and I and also your belief in Heather and I, it means more to us than you know. I'm excited. You will be the second person on the podcast. And so we're excited for you to be the second interviewee. And we're looking forward to learning from you um, today. Could you just share a little bit about yourself, Sam? Many of the listeners will know and have heard of you and and your ministry and your impact, but maybe there's some that that have not. Could you just share a little bit with us? The early part of my ministry life was itinerant and mainly with youth and worked a lot with young people and teenagers and camps and conventions and all of that. And then over the last few years have expanded my education really felt the need to utilize coaching in the development of people and have really committed myself to expanding the capacity of people. I think the big part, big reason for that was when I left itinerant ministry, I was asked to take a church and 
that meant that immediately I had 11 staff, a home with 185 beds for senior citizens, and a school of 1,000 students. And all of those people were part of the team. So you talk about team. And I've got to be honest with you, I was not prepared. I was not ready. I did not understand the dynamics of that kind of team, especially coming from a lot of years where I made the decisions. I, <laughs> the team I had was much smaller. And now all of a sudden, you've got all of these different personalities and emotions and I'm here today telling you that the reason I'm helping, wanting to help leaders today is because if somebody would have helped me, then it would have been better. That's amazing, Sam. And, um, you know, I think uh, I learn a lot from people's successes. I really do. But then I also learn when people say, hey, this is a time um, when I was put in a situation where I, you know, I didn't always make the right choices. Sam, is there anything that you would say? In that situation you were in, a decision you made or something you went through that you didn't have clarity, and um, you might have made a decision that you wouldn't make um, now, knowing what you know now. Is there something that just comes to your mind, a situation like that? That's interesting you should ask that, and what pops into your head. But I remember a meeting, a staff meeting, team meeting is what we called them, and one of the guys that was there on team threw out something that he thought was important. And I reacted quickly, firmly, and I look back on that now. And I think to myself, why didn't I listen better? Why didn't I explore? Why didn't I use better questions and let that play itself out? And I think sometimes when we're dealing with teams, especially if we're in a place where we can have a defining word, we want to throw the defining word in there when really that is not a smart move. Yeah. So what you're saying, if I hear what you're saying is, is a lot of times we want to, as the leader, we feel like we got to be the one that, that speaks last rather than listening to, to what's being said and the motions in the room. And I think even not only as the leader, but I think sometimes leading in the middle, you'll have some person on the team and they'll react. You can feel it. The whole room feels it because once you put your emotion out on the table, now you don't manage it anymore. Everybody in the room now has control. Of it. And that is, I had to learn to be careful not to put it out on the table too quickly. So, Sam, you said then once you put it out on the table, then everyone in the room is controlling it. Can you just go a little bit deeper on that for us? Uh, Let's say in that team meeting, when I made that statement, I came across final. I came across definitive. Once I did that, then I put it on the table. And then everybody else in the room interpreted my reaction. Was I angry? Was I not happy with this person? Was I ready for this person to leave the team? Everybody now adds their assumptions. They climb the ladder of what's been inferred. I think Senge was the first to come up with the ladder of conclusion, he called it. Judith Glazer calls it the ladder of inference. It's the same. So what was inferred or what is their conclusion? Does it mean 
that they have all the data doesn't mean that I gave them the data when I made the statement. I just put an emotional response out there. Now they add all of their story. Now Mm -hmm. what do you got? You've got everybody in the room making up their own story, and it isn't the true story. Wow. Wow. So their perceptions are reading into it then. Knowing what you know now, what Sam, when you're in a situation like you explained there, what do you do now to find clarity and to use what you know about emotional intelligence and conflict? What's one thing you do now when you're in a room like that that you could help us, me, myself, and as our listeners? So we, when we're the next time we're in a situation like that, what can we do to not put our emotions on the table? The first thing I do is I listen to the emotion. Every emotion I receive or I'm feeling is bringing me a message. What is it telling me? And I think what really helped me is when I began to realize God created all things about us. And if he created them, then those emotions have a God-given message. Emotions weren't given to us just because, oh, you're an emotional hothead or you're an emotional. No, 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 no. Every emotion says something, actually activates things in our body. So I've been going through some medical stuff, and I think some of your people know that. And fear, we think fear, oh, that's bad, 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 bad. Well, What it's telling me is if I'm fearful that I have lost reality of what solid, unchanging revelation I have about God's love, what casts out fear? God's love. So fear comes and activates everything within me so that I can hear better, I can see better, your eyes dilate, your ears get perked up. Every sense in you when fear comes gets activated. That's the positive. All right, so then I need to say, God, what do I need to hear, see, sense right now? And most of all, it's his love and his presence that has never left me, never forsaken me, and I can be confident, but at the same time, use the fear to make sure I hear everything the doctor's saying or the therapist is saying or the nurse is saying, and then react the best way. Now, that in the meeting, let's go back to that meeting. What I should have done, the emotion I felt was some frustration, okay? What I should have done is I should have asked, all right, what does frustration, what is that telling me? And what I could have taken time to and should have taken time to do was to determine, is the frustration my frustration? Am I frustrated with the person? Am I frustrated with what they said? Or did I bring, am I reacting emotion? This emotion is causing me to react in a way that has nothing to do with the rest of the team. That would have changed my whole response. And I could have talked later one-on-one. And I could have even said, let's talk about that later one-on-one. For sure. For sure. So Sam, when you're in a, you're in a situation, knowing what you know about emotional intelligence, you just talked about that, the timing, the timing you said you could have engaged in that later. So when you're 
in a situation and, and it feels conflict or there's tension, when do you decide when's the right moment to have this conversation or when's the right moment to address that? Because I think for, for me, that's a struggle. Is it when my emotions are high or is it when uh, my emotions have calmed down? I don't feel as, as strongly about it or what have you learned and what, what can you help us grow in that area? That's a great question, Aaron. And, you know, you and I were married. We have kids. There are times when we think, wow, I could have handled that better. And we have to make some decisions when emotion comes. Do we need to pause? Do we need to take a couple seconds? And in teams, there's nothing wrong when emotion comes in the room with teams to say, whether it's with an individual or with yourself, to say, let's just take a break, a three-minute break, come back, we'll talk about that again. When you come back three minutes later, you're going to respond altogether different than everybody else is. Why? Because you allowed the emotion to no longer have the energy. So emotion is energy. I many times talk about it like when you go in the ocean, if you put your hand up to the wave that's going to hit you, forget it. It doesn't do anything. Or maybe you're going to put your body there and let the wave hit you. Well, that's fun, but you're not going to stop the wave. For sure, you get knocked down. Right? But what if we took a boogie board, and when that wave came, we actually rode the energy of that wave. Now, all of a sudden, we are in control, and we're using the energy of the wave. And that's what we've got to do with emotion. We've got to ride the wave, we've got to find the, the energy of it, and then use it in a positive way rather than in the negative trying to, oh, I'll, I'll stop it. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> and so what do we do? We do things rather than use the energy of the emotion, ride the wave, we let the wave control us. And yeah. then we get knocked over. And that's what emotion does. It knocks us off our balance and we say and do things we shouldn't do. For sure. So when you see a situation like that now, say you're leading a team or you're on on the team and um, you see that, does that need to come from the leader of the team to say, hey, we need to take a pause here for three minutes and come back? Or do you think any member on the team should have the freedom to say, you know what, I would feel better about this if we would come back in a, in, yeah. in a few minutes and address it. What do you think about that, Sam? Wow, Aaron, you're really asking the right questions because if we are truly team, then anyone on the team needs to realize they have the ability. We're a team member. Team cares about the rest of the team, wants the best with the team. They all need to say, hey, just a minute give me a pause. Let's take a break. And to know that that's the best way. Now, not only to take a break, but sometimes team members need to be wise enough to say, I sense the energy of anger, or I sense the energy of frustration. And to throw that into the middle of the table and be open vulnerable, transparent about that energy so that the whole team can ride that and actually will come out stronger team, better understanding of each other, 
when somebody says in response to that, you're right, Aaron, I am frustrated. And then to be able to say to them, talk about it, what's going on. Now, once the rest of the team understands what maybe somebody did or what they all did or what the situation is causing, now, guess what? You're riding the energy of that. You're using it to come up with better decisions. You're saying labeling the motions that you you sense or your perception of it can add value to the team and can add value to the conversation. Are there ways, Sam, that you, you've seen that that works better than the other versus saying, for instance, you say, hey, you're mad or you're angry. Do we need to be careful how we do that on the team? Or what advice would you give us so that that is a beneficial thing for us and not necessarily something that increases that wave of emotion that you've talked about? Well, the moment I say you're or you are or you Now, all of a sudden, I've intensified the emotion. But when I say I feel or I sense, then it's me. And so you always want to draw the attention to you, that you sense the emotion or you felt it, so that anybody in the room can say, I don't feel that. And if that's the case, to say, okay, it's just me. I'll handle it. I'll work with it. When I keep it, I feel or I need, that is the best way to phrase with a team. Wow. So I feel I need. So you're taking ownership of your perceptions, ownership of of what you're perceiving and and not necessarily labeling. So I heard that wrong. So it's not labeling the person. You're you're owning it and saying, this is what I feel and this is what I perceive. And then seeing how it resonates within the room. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. Even the emotion of empathy. Sometimes we'll say, wow, that you're really empathetic. Well, the better way to say that with team would be, I am feeling some really good empathy. I really appreciate your empathy. Or what a great way for someone to address this with empathy. To do that, you take the positive emotion and you spread it out. You give it to everybody. And empathy is something all of us need, want, enjoy. For sure. In this situation, we, we've talked about that. How do we know if we've succeeded in sensing that? How could a team member or a team leader, how would they know that, you know what, what I've added to this conversation, I've sensed the emotions, I've taken ownership of it, I've expressed that. How will they know that, hey, this is what I did or what I said or the way I acted, that was a something positive for our team? Yeah, of course. You'll feel it with the rest of the team. You'll feel it. You'll know that you either took the energy of the emotion down or you distributed it. Okay. And you can sense that. Does it need to be taken down or does it need to be distributed? Joy. What greater thing could we distribute than joy or peace? Those are all emotions. Sometimes we only talk about emotions that we label bad but they're not bad and they're not good. They are usable. And how we use them, do we need to downplay them or do we need to distribute them? So I was talking to a president of a university and he presented the financials. And when he did, he sensed some fear in the room and he got fearful about some numbers on the financial report. And later he told me, 
he said, I did not use that. Instead, I retreated and I left it out there for everybody to interpret themselves. And I said, so what would you have done now that we've been talking? He said, I would have used that. And I would have said, what do we need to do to eliminate this fear that I'm feeling in the room about these financials? What do we need to do? And he said, probably there were bankers. There were people that had wealth in the room. He said, who knows? We could have maybe eliminated the problem of the debt that was on that financial report right there in the room. And he said, I didn't even use it. Wow. He missed that opportunity. Sam, you mentioned distributing it or downplaying it. Could you just go a little bit deeper on those two things and how do you decide, is this something I need to distribute or is this something I need to tamper down? Could you just go a little deeper on that for us? And that's the right question right there. And you've got to ask yourself this. What do I do with this emotion? Because you can use the energy. So no behavior shift occurs in anybody without emotional energy. Sometimes when change is happening, we say, oh, everybody hates change. And you know, no, the emotions that are in the room have to be either used or downplayed, or they will affect the decision. And that's when you take a break. Why do you take the break? Hey, let's take a three-minute break. Can we do that? Because we're downplaying the emotion. We're letting the energy filter out. But to take a break, when you should say, hey, I sense in this room, I just gave you these financials, that a little bit of fear in some of you What can we do to use that energy now to solve this problem? Let's not waste it. Let's come up with a solution. That's masterful. That's emotional intelligence. So you're saying it's case dependent and situation dependent. So in that case, was the president of the the university, should he distribute the fear within the room so everyone can feel it a little bit? Is that what I hear you saying, Sam? And that's what a board is for. A board is supposed to carry the weight with you. And he would tell you, he knows now he could have used that in the room. Instead, he felt like uh, he has a very large board. He felt like only a small portion of them felt the load of that need in those finances and that the rest just left with no response. Wow. So he was carrying it, and as a leader, he was. If he would distribute it, it wouldn't just been him who was carrying it, and um, probably could, as you shared, came up with a solution. Um, maybe even in that room at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, thinking about the season of life that you're in, and um, we're all in different seasons of life, and, and some when we're, we're younger, you talked about your your ministry, and then itinerant ministry, and then being a pastor, and in this stage and season of your life. What is the most important thing right now to you in relation to emotional intelligence, maybe in your home life or in ministry life? Um, you talked about being um, going through some um, health challenges. Is that what's most important for you um, right now in the season of life? You know, I think the big thing in emotional intelligence for me at this season of life is that when you are dealing with something that could potentially become life-threatening, there is the tendency to make excuses for your bad emotional intelligence. 
So you end up telling someone something that you shouldn't have or saying something you shouldn't have. And then you make an excuse. You say, well, that's because of what I'm going through. That to me is unacceptable and not emotional intelligence. I need to always have whatever emotion I'm feeling, not be the one that knocks people over. I need to manage it, write it and use it to a benefit. I think that's God's plan. I think that's what he talks about when he says that we have to tear down our thinking and use it well, and we have to renew our minds, and we have to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. If you're The fruit of the Spirit is all about emotional intelligence. Very, very interesting. So Sam, then in that case situation where you talked about and owning those emotions and not making excuses, what role does the Holy Spirit, Spirit-filled believer, and um, what role does the Holy Spirit play in that? Is that something you, you spend time in prayer in the, in the mornings and, and, and all day long to ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you? Or what role does the Holy Spirit play in your experience? Yeah, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. This to me, what you just asked is what believers ought to, this is when things come that don't make sense to other people and you handle it emotionally well and they see it, you become an example. That's because the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit prompts us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us on how to use that emotion well how to handle those emotions. And I'll never forget, Dominic, the Dominic family was the largest liquor distributor in our city. And when my father died at a young age, inopportune time, at the funeral, after we had put the body in the ground, Heidi Dominic came to my wife and said, I've been watching your family bleed. In other words, the emotions were flowing. And she said, now I'm ready to follow the Jesus you've been talking to me about. She came to Christ. Her son is now in ministry. They no longer run the the alcohol distributorship there. The impact was huge. What made the difference? Why didn't she come to Christ before that? My wife had been witnessing to her, taking her to Bible study. She saw that deep emotional time and how we handled it as believers, and that changed everything. Wow, that's an amazing story, Sam. And we have many people that are listening to this podcast that they serve in areas where it's it's um, illegal, it's um, punishable by law to share the love of, of Jesus Christ. So, so what I'm hearing you say is the way we handle our emotions, culturally adapting, living in places that we might not necessarily understand. Those are opportunities for other people to be able to hear and see the true testimony of what Christ is in our lives. Is that, is that what I hear you saying, Sam? Absolutely. I think it's probably one of the greatest. And right now in our world, where there seems to be such quick emotional outbursts, if we as the believers can do this, we will be the light on the hill. I believe that with all my heart, and I believe we can find ourselves praying with people. And during my time, this treatment for what I'm going through physically, I have sat with all kinds of people and they are going through 
all kinds of treatments that are much worse than what mine is. And I've been able to reach out and I've been able to pray with them, respond to them. And that has been the deepest impact when they are in emotional trauma. And I should be too. They know it. But instead, my emotional response is tempered by Christ. And I can reach with the gospel at that time and the power of God. It makes all. That's amazing. It's very interesting and amazing and uh, also comforting to know that the Holy Spirit is with us and that God is guiding and directing us and that we can use, as you shared, God's the one that gave us and created us with emotions and to be able to use that, even our emotions, as testimony and as a witness for those that are around us watching us. Sam, we began this podcast with one of the mistakes that you've made as far as emotional intelligence, conflict resolution. I always like to end podcasts on a positive note. So is there one, is an example or something you can say, hey, I've learned about emotional intelligence and conflict resolution, and this is a situation that it's been positive and I can really see growth and that God is really working my life in this area. Could you just share a good example for us? Well, I think for me, the immunotherapy and sitting by people that are going through chemotherapy and being in those situations where the emotions flow and are really impacting the room and impacting individuals, for me, has been such a school, such a school. And I have really learned some things that I couldn't have learned had I not been going through it myself. And I think one of the things that I would leave with everybody is God wastes nothing, even our tears. And I heard the other day that in that culture, they would save their tears. And that's how the woman that came and washed Jesus' feet with with her tears, that was a very valuable thing. And I think to myself, if we can take even our emotions that bring tears and use them, use them like that woman washed Jesus' feet, we got to use our emotions, not waste them. And I think we waste a lot of emotional energy. And this that I've gone through physically and the treatment that I've been going through, which I will continue to go through maybe for the rest of my life. As this immunotherapy continues to work, I'll be taking that for a long, long time, which means I'll be in emotional rooms for a lot of times ahead. And I want, I want to use that emotion to minister. Don't waste your emotion. You can minister with your emotion. And when you understand that, and I think that's the biggest understanding I've come to, that changes everything. Wow, Sam, we appreciate it. This podcast is all about clarity and transparent conversations, and we appreciate your your transparency and your openness and honesty with us today. Sam, would you take a few minutes and, and pray for me, myself, and, and listeners that God would, uh, the lessons and the leanings of what we took today, that God will use them and the Holy Spirit will prompt us and that we'll be able to put these into action as we're on teams, serving on teams, and that God will use these things in our lives so that we become more emotionally intelligent. And as you said, we'll be able to use our emotions and not waste them. Would you pray for us today, Sam? Father, we do need you. We need your Holy Spirit to talk about this and to even try in our own strength is one thing. But when we can use your Holy Spirit, the power you've given us, the gift, 
the power that allowed you to stand in the midst of people who persecuted you, who lied about you, who denied you, who turned against you, and you managed your emotions enough that you could cook breakfast for them even after their denial, that you could manage your emotions that even in times where sometimes you must have felt because you were like us, And how did you do it? By the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us to impact all of the countries that we're in. Help us to impact the individuals who are not managing their emotions well. Help us to be an example that they will turn to. And because of the way we manage by the power of your Holy Spirit, that people would come to salvation Africa would be redeemed. Give you praise in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, Sam. We appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we look forward and we'll continue to pray for you. Sam, what are some things that we can pray for you in the coming days? You prayed for us. How can we be praying for you? Well, I am using an immunotherapy that as long as it continues to work, it's a wonderful thing and it's a new thing. And so pray that my body will stay educated. So this immunotherapy is supposed to, like troops going to boot camp and training them how to fight, it should uh, continue to fight. And if that happens, then things will be great. So pray that way. And then also pray as I really have committed myself to help in Africa and uh, especially with education and come and teach and some of those things that God will give me Many, many years to be able to do that. I think that would be a great, great way to to wrap up the last years of my life. Amen. We'll be praying for you, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I knew you wouldn't be disappointed with our time with Sam. Sam is uh, brings energy into the room, brings joy into the room, and insight. And uh, I just found it valuable as he talked about our emotions, that God had created those, and that we not to stand and try to block those waves but this, of emotions, but to ride those waves and allow our emotions to play the purpose that God has for us in using those, whether that's in team, whether that's in family, whether that's um, wherever we're serving, living at, to realize that God created our emotions for our good. And and uh, not to sometimes to disperse them, sometimes to to feel them, and uh, what to do in a room to allow those emotions to be for our good and for His purposes. Looking forward to the next podcast. But this one, the other one, the thing I wanted to share was is with Sam. The lights were going out in my my this room because he's in. It was in the morning there, in the evening here, and my light in my room makes a buzz sound, and so I had it off the whole time. But Sam's the professional, so he doesn't say anything. But it's getting darker and darker and darker in this room. And then finally at the end, you know, I could see him, but I was, it was completely blacked out in the room, but he didn't say anything throughout the whole interview. Talked to me like he could see me. And that's just the professional that Sam is. Next interview, episode number three will be with Beth Grant. Looking forward to that interview with her. She's going to provide once again, key points you took from Sam today, but she's going to also provide some key points. She's going to talk about Project Rescue and the founding of that. She's going to talk about spiritual warfare and insight into that and what they've faced 
faced and the challenges they faced. There's some valuable points that I know that you'll find important. And it's it's great to see a female leader speak into our hearts and speak into our lives. And that's exactly what Beth is. Phenomenal leader, woman of God, and a phenomenal communicator. And loved the interview with her, and I'm sure you're going to love it too. So till next time, providing clarity in the midst of ambiguity, the Clarity Podcast.